Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, March 26, 2019. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, the EU Parliament approves the link tax and the upload filter. Uber acquires Kareem. McDonald's makes a tech acquisition and a wrap-up of the hot takes from the Apple event. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. The European Parliament has officially approved the copyright directive, meaning the much-criticized link tax, otherwise known as Article 11, and the so-called upload filter, Article 13, will become law in EU nations. The vote among members of parliament was 348 in favor and 274 against. There was a last-minute effort to remove Article 13, the upload filter, but that was rejected by just five votes. So now the directive goes to member states who will have two years to enact it into law. What does this mean for the Internet overall? Well, we don't exactly know, but this will certainly have an impact for European users of major tech platforms. Whether the changes platforms will be forced to make to comply with the law will change the platforms overall, because Europe is a pretty big market after all, remains to be seen. For example, quoting The Verge, Article 11 lets publishers charge platforms like Google News when they display snippets of news stories, while Article 13, renamed Article 17 in the most recent draft of the legislation, gives sites like YouTube new duties to stop users from uploading copyrighted content. In both cases, critics say these well-intentioned laws will create trouble. Article 13, for example, could lead to the introduction of upload filters that will scan all user content before it's uploaded to sites to remove copyrighted material. The law does not explicitly call for such filters, but critics say it will be an inevitability as sites seek to avoid penalties. Experts say any filters introduced will likely be error-prone and ineffective. They also note that given the cost of deploying such technology, the law may have the opposite effect to its intent solidifying the dominance of U.S. tech giants over online spaces. The effects of the link tax are equally tricky to predict. The law is mainly focused on services like Google Search and Google News, which show snippets of news articles. Google has said that if newspapers choose to levy licenses for this material, it will be forced to strip back the content it shows in search and shutter Google News altogether, unquote. When this originally hit our collective radar last year, people feared that if this law was passed, it would lead to the death of the meme, as any filters would likely have to be so broad as to attempt to preemptively block anything that might even conceivably be copyrightable. So get your Game of Thrones animated GIFs in now. Not only will there soon be a finite supply of GIFable Game of Thrones material in the near future, you might not be able to even legally post them at all. Huawei has unveiled the latest version of its P-series lineup of smartphones, the P30 and P30 Pro. The P30 starts at €799, and the P30 Pro ranges from €999 at the entry to €1,249 at the most expensive end. For our purposes, I'm going to focus on the expensive end, 
the P30 Pro. To get a sense of why this might be a bigger announcement than you might think, take in the breathlessness of Vlad Savov's lead paragraph in The Verge. Quote, What if you could have it all? Super fast performance, marathon battery life, a bezel-starved screen, and a camera that competes with the Google Pixel for quality and pocket cameras for Zoom. Huawei would have you believe that its new P30 Pro Android flagship is precisely that sort of no-compromise device. Announced at another gala event in Paris today, the P30 Pro addresses the few downsides of Huawei's already excellent Mate 20 Pro from last year, and it adds a sophisticated new camera system that promises up to 10 times lossless zoom. You won't be able to buy it in a U.S. carrier store, but this will still be one of the best-selling high-end devices across the globe this year, and probably one of the best, end quote. The P30 Pro has an OLED display, a Kirin 980 processor, 8 gigabytes of RAM, but it's in the battery life and camera system that Huawei is staking a claim. The 4,200 mAh battery can be charged up to 70% capacity in just 30 minutes of wired charging. It also sports wireless charging too and reverse wireless charging so you can do things like place earbuds on the phone to top those devices up wirelessly using your phone as a mother battery. The screen has the tiniest of notches, but otherwise this is basically as bezel-less a display as you can get. And it is the cameras that have gotten most of the early headlines. There's a 32 megapixel front-facing camera for selfies. On the back, there's a three-in-one camera sensor array, a 40 megapixel lens with a 27 millimeter focal length, a 20 megapixel ultra-wide-angle lens with a 16 millimeter focal length, and an 8 megapixel telephoto lens sporting five times optical and 10 times lossless hybrid zoom with a 125 millimeter focal length. And that 40 megapixel lens has what Huawei is calling super spectrum technology, quoting Anantech. This new sensor readjusts how it records light coming into it. Most camera sensors are RGGB, meaning that each pixel has one red sensor, two green sensors, and a blue sensor, which it then compiles into the correct color for that pixel. This new sensor replaces those two green subpixels with two yellow ones to make the sensor sensitive to RYYB instead. According to Huawei, based on the intensity of light typically absorbed into a camera module and through the lenses, this allows for more light into the sensor and thus more detail. Using a yellow subpixel also allows for additional red and green absorption, enhancing red colors, which can be deficient, according to Huawei, in modern smartphone photography, end quote. Here's a company that I bet none of us ever imagined I'd mention on this show, McDonald's has announced that it is acquiring a tech startup called Dynamic Yield for what is rumored to be $300 million. If that number is true, that would make this the fast food chain's largest acquisition in 20 years. So what is the tech angle here? Quoting TechCrunch, Dynamic Yield works with brands across e-commerce, travel, finance, and media to create what's been described as an Amazon-style personalized online experience. McDonald's said it will use this technology to create a drive through menu that can be tailored to things like the weather, current restaurant traffic, and trending menu items. Once you've started ordering, the display can also recommend additional items based on what you've already chosen. In fact, the company said it tested this in several U.S. locations in 2018. 
The plan is to start rolling this out across the United States in 2019 and then to move into international markets. McDonald's also plans to integrate this technology into other digital products like self-serve kiosks and the McDonald's mobile app, end quote. So if we're sticking with my recent construct of various segments coming from various files, then this one comes from the every company is a tech company now file. As Alexis Ohanian basically tweeted, quote, been saying this since we started initialized. Every industry will be a software powered industry. Either make it, acquire it, or pay for it, end quote. Or as Kevin Roos snarked, would you like recurrent neural network built by 40 PhDs, calculates 10 trillion order permutations to find the optimal personalized suggestion, fries with that, end quote. Real talk. 52% of men over 40 experience some form of ED between the ages of 40 and 70. But it's always been a taboo topic. Thankfully, HIMSS is changing that by providing affordable access to ED treatment all online. HIMSS provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis, up to 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 per dose. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Answer a series of questions on their site and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No insurance needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash ride. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash ride for your personalized ED treatment options. Hims.com slash ride. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop laptop that's had its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride. Uber has officially acquired its main rival in the Middle Eastern ride-sharing market, Kareem, for... $3.1 billion, a deal comprised of $1.7 billion in convertible notes and $1.4 billion in cash. The Dubai-based Kareem claims more than 30 million registered users across North Africa, the Middle East, and South Asia. Quoting CNBC, the companies characterized the deal as the biggest ever technology industry transaction in the greater Middle East. Kareem co-founder and CEO Mudassir Sheikha 
will stay on to lead the Kareem business, the company said. Kareem and Uber will continue to operate as independent brands, end quote. Let's end today with some of the fallout from yesterday's Apple event. First off, I want to note the notable absence again of the air power charging pad. It didn't get demoed or announced yesterday. Though, as I said, that's maybe not surprising. Apple wanted to focus on subscription services, not hardware this time. More on that in a second. But Santa Tim didn't give us the air power pad during our half week of surprises either. The wireless charging AirPod case certainly pointed to the air power coming soon, and tipsters have been sending MacRumors pictures of the box for the new wireless charging case for AirPods that literally shows a diagram for the air power on the back of the box. Last week, the Wall Street Journal reported that Apple approved production of air power earlier this year. So what's up with that? Is air power real or not? 9to5Mac is also reporting that images hidden in iOS 12.2 offer a first look at Apple's new PowerBeats Pro wireless sport earbuds with an AirPods-like case. Quote, this case looks similar to the AirPods case and will theoretically charge your PowerBeats Pro buds when not in use. PowerBeats 3 today offer battery life of up to 12 hours, but it's unclear if the truly wireless version would be able to match that. The charging case, however, would make it easier for users to charge while on the go, end quote. 9to5Mac notes that PowerBeats remain a popular alternative to AirPods due to their workout-friendly design. And now to the roundup of the reactions to yesterday's event. Everyone seems to be in equal parts bemused and confused by what happened yesterday. Multiple people came away with more questions than answers, they wrote. Lots of people called it a weirdly boring Apple event. Why trot out Hollywood star after Hollywood star just to have them give stilted descriptions of their shows without actually showing trailers of the shows? If that sort of pizzazz and stuff wasn't ready, then why have the event now? And several asked, who was even the target audience for this particular event? Ben Thompson said it was Wall Street. He noted that Tim Cook closed the event with these words, quote, From everything we've shared with you, you can see how important these services are for us and for all the ways they extend the experiences of our customers even further. They entertain, inspire, inform, and enrich our lives. Because at Apple, the customer is and always will be at the center of everything that we do, end quote. Well, quoting Ben, I thought Cook's most telling phrase was, how important these services are for us. If Cook wanted to signify how important Apple was taking its efforts in developing these services, to us would have been a more natural turn of phrase. And while I grant that is probably what Cook meant, the preposition change, in my estimation, gets at the heart of the matter. The iPhone isn't going anywhere. Apple is very much not doomed, but it is no longer growing, leaving Apple no choice but to look elsewhere, end quote. Later on in the conclusion to his newsletter this morning, quote, That leaves Cook's final line. At Apple, the customer is and always will be at the center of everything we do. Frankly, with the possible exception of Apple Arcade, it's hard to see this sentiment in yesterday's announcements. I'm not saying any of these services are customer hostile, but most of them are imitations of what other companies are already doing, the revenues of which Apple wants a cut of, end quote. Owen Williams echoed Ben by saying in his newsletter, Charged, 
Quote, if there's anything to take away from Apple's March event yesterday, it's that the company wants investors to know that there's nothing to worry about. It's got plenty of new monetization strategies coming down the pipe, and consumers will clamor to pay for them, end quote. Owen was most excited, as were many, by the gaming service. Quote, essentially how this works is you'll pay a monthly fee, which was not announced, and get unlimited access to 100 or so games across iOS and tvOS. Strangely enough, this service won't launch until the fall, which makes me wonder, is Apple delaying this in order to ship it alongside cross-platform support for Mac OS? End quote. Yes, indeed. We know Marzipan is coming, right, Owen? That grand unification of the OSs. And that would probably be announced at WWDC. Owen also said, quote, This subscription will be a big hit with parents, I imagine, who are already faced with kids hounding them to buy individual games endlessly. Paying a flat fee to access a bunch of stuff is genius and will rake in revenue for sure, but it's a lot more work for Apple to curate that library, end quote. And, I would add, Apple wants developers to move to subscriptions and away from pay-to-play on the App Store anyway, right? On the other hand, Owen said the TV announcements were genuinely confounding to him. Quote, Going into the TV part of the segment, I was expecting to get my wallet out but ended up wondering what this thing even really is, which was genuinely surprising. Apple is the master of announcing new hardware, then magically finishing with, it's already available in stores, and couldn't ship this with any type of certainty attached. How it stumbled when trying to describe a service with such an impressive list of celebrities then failed to even deliver on much in the way of further information was surprising, end quote. And in a Oddly grumpy summation of yesterday's event in Daring Fireball, John Gruber pretty much echoed a lot of the same. Quote, this whole thing was weird. I get what Channels is, the infamous skinny bundle that Eddie Q has been trying to put together for years. Paying only for the channels you want is the right way to do this, but obviously a nightmare to negotiate with the actual networks and channels. It's also coming to Roku and Amazon Fire TV, which I understand, but feels so strange. The whole TV Plus segment felt like a presentation from another company, like Google or Amazon, not Apple. Apple does a good job keeping events moving along, and they tend not to parade a long series of people on stage. This was a parade of a bunch of A-list celebrities, Spielberg, Oprah, but it just went on and on. It should have been as tight as the Apple Arcade segment. It feels like Apple was starstruck. And why weren't there trailers for these TV shows? Why don't we know what this is going to cost yet? We started the day with a lot of unanswered questions about Apple's original content strategy, and we're ending the day with most of those questions still unanswered, end quote. John also called the promised low interest rates on the Apple credit card a crock of you-know-what, because it turns out they're not really that low after all. He also wondered aloud, didn't Apple try something exactly like Apple News Plus back with newsstand on the original iPads? And how did that turn out? He wondered, are magazines even still a thing to be chasing? But he too thought that the Apple Arcade offering was great. Quote, easy to understand what it is, why you'd want it, and what the value proposition is, end quote. But again, how come they couldn't even tell us the price? So my apologies to premium feed subscribers who got the show several hours late last night. In my rush to get the show out the door in the wake of the Apple event, 
I accidentally misconfigured the feed and it never actually published. I didn't discover this until I got home. Usually I don't leave the office until I see the shows in my own feed, but last night I didn't. The irony is not lost on me that it was my rush to hit the five o'clock deadline that caused me to miss that deadline for some of you by as much as two hours. Nothing wrong with the system, just something wrong with your host, and by host I mean me, not the web host. Anyway, won't happen again. Don't let what happened last night discourage you from subscribing to the ad-free feed. Link is in the very bottom of the show notes. Talk to you tomorrow.